Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to episode number 81 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Boy, oh boy, you all are in for a treat if you're listening to this episode. But before we get there, I have a huge favor to ask of you. Now, you all know that I invite you to come and join me on Instagram. I'm over at Veronica E. Grant and to join my weekly newsletter list where you get lots of more tips and advice and cheat sheets and checklists and all those kind of things to help you find love. And I hear so much positive feedback about the podcast and you love the podcast and it's been so helpful. And that is literally music to my freaking ears. I am not talking into this mic just to hear myself talk, but I am talking really to serve you. And as I'm speaking into the mic in this very moment, and really every moment that I'm speaking into the mic for the podcast, I have all of you in my mind thinking, how can I best serve? How can I best serve? And I'm just so thrilled. It means the world to me to have so much positive feedback come back in my direction about the podcast. So this is where you come in. If you love this podcast, if it's helped you in some way, if you've only listened to one episode, but it really helped you or made you think of something different or made you see um, something that you were missing, maybe a block that you had in love, I would be so grateful if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast on iTunes because rating and reviewing the podcast on iTunes just helps with their algorithm and helps me to get in front of more amazing women just like yourself. It only takes a second and I would just be so grateful if you took a moment of your time to do that. So all you do to do that is search Love Life Connection in your search bar in your podcast player, and then tap my podcast, tap the reviews tab, and then you can leave a rating. And then if you have another 30, 45 seconds, you could also leave a review. And I would be so, so grateful for that. 
You can also share this podcast with friends, with people that you think would um, benefit and resonate with the podcast. And you can even if there's one specific episode, maybe it's about getting over your ex or another situation that I talk about. If you actually if you pull up the podcast on your phone, there's three little dots at the bottom right hand corner of your screen. If you tap those three dots, you can actually share that specific episode with a friend via text or email or probably a million different other ways. And again, that helps to get in front of more more women like yourself and helps me to fulfill my mission of helping women to find love in our swipe right, swipe left world. So thank you. And again, in advance for your support in this. And let's get on to today's episode because I'm so excited. So I mentioned probably a few podcasts back again that I'm going to do a lot more solo shows because I've found that a lot of you all really like just hearing what I have to share about either my past, my relationships, my dating, or just me teaching you something on a very specific topic. So the next six episodes are just you and me, girl, and I am sharing with you my entire epic love story of how I found love. So if you've been in my world the past few months, then you probably know if you follow me on Instagram or on my newsletter list that I recently married Stevie, who is my love and my life partner. We also just moved to our dream city of Denver, Colorado. We have a dog that I, or I should say we, shamelessly spoil, and I probably post him a little bit too much on Instagram, but I think most of my followers are dog lovers anyway, so that's what I'm telling myself at least, so it's okay. My business is thriving, and Stevie is cranking out his side hustle and is moving on up at his day job at the Department of Interior. So life is really good. Like, pinch me, is this real life good? Like, I, I spent so long journaling and envisioning my ideal life and my meditations or in my dreams or like literally writing out what I wanted my life to look like. And every single day, it truly gets closer and closer to it being in my head to it being real life. And so even when I have days, because yes, they still happen, that I feel a little anxious or a little bit down or blah, or whatever, I know that it's really not that bad because I can look around and see that my life, again, is looking more and more like the vision that I have in my meditations and in my journaling over the past few years. And I also have the tools to work through those uncomfortable feelings or difficult times when they do pop up because again, I'm still human, they still happen. But it didn't happen overnight. And in fact, I actually get really frustrated when people say, oh, I want what you have, Veronica, like, oh, I'm so jealous of you or how like that can't happen for me. And it, it frustrates me because it assumes that I just, you know, got lucky and this all happened for me because I just, I don't know, I just happened to have all the luck in the world. Um, But this didn't happen overnight. And it definitely didn't happen by accident. I've worked so, so hard on my spirituality, on my personal growth and my relationships to have the relationship and really the life that I have today. And recently, I realized that I've shared a lot of my story through this podcast and my blog of how I found love in bits and pieces, but never from start to finish and never all in one place until now. So this is part one of a six-part mini-series about how I found love and created my dream life. So if you've ever wondered, Veronica, how did you go from attracting emotionally unavailable guys to finding love? Or how did you know you, you know, how did you know uh, with Stevie that he was the one? 
how did you keep going even after you were heartbroken, even after you were embarrassed or told that someone didn't want to be with you only for them to marry the next person they started dating? If any of those questions you've either asked yourself or you've wondered about me, then you're going to love this mini series. So I'm going to release one new episode a week starting today. And I really hope my story inspires you to pursue love, even when the world seems cynical or jaded or shallow, or you just feel like you're doing everything, but it's not working. I promise that you can create your own reality. You have that power. And trust me, if I can do it, then you definitely can too. It's not always easy and it doesn't always just happen by luck, but you have to, and this is actually one thing that I have really embraced over the past couple of years in my life is creating serendipitous moments. You create luck in your, on your own terms. You create lucky situations by going out and doing things, doing things that are uncomfortable or striving to learn and to grow. You do that over and over again. At some point, you will encounter a quote unquote lucky moment or a lucky break or that serendipitous moment when something led to something else, which is what you were looking for. I truly, truly believe that. And my first coach taught me that if I can see it, then I can have it. So and I've ran with that. And so what that means is that if I can envision the life that I truly deeply want, then I can have it. If I can't see it, I can't imagine it, I can't see myself in it, then it's really, really hard to create it because it's really, really hard to pull things out of thin air, right? So I truly believe this to my bones. And that is why when I work with private clients, one of the very first things we do is envision their relationship, because we've got to know what they want so they can see it so they know where they're going. So if you can see it, then in the words of my favorite coach, Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights, then he says, this is yours for the taking. And let's get started with part one of how it all happened for me. So I've named part one looking for my soulmate since 1997, Ted Mosby style. So when I started middle school, I quickly met one of my best friends, and she's still one of my best friends today. And she immediately turned me on to boys. In fact, her journal is probably an impeccable chronology of my middle school dating. And I'm thinking one day might be a sweet, guilty pleasure worthy Netflix series. But we'll see. Anyways, back to the point. I can remember having a few crushes in fifth grade and maybe even fourth grade, but I think probably fifth grade. But it was really this friend that opened me up to the idea in the world of passing notes in school, kisses behind the bleachers, and those awkward middle school slow dances. And to be honest, I was totally hooked. By age 11, I wanted to find the person I was going to spend forever with. And I know that sounds crazy because I'm literally a kid. I'm 11 years old. But I really believe that when I was 11 years old that I wanted to meet my meet my soulmate. I don't know if I called it my soulmate when I was 11 years old, but the person that I was going to marry. I've always wanted that from a very, very young age. I just love the excitement and the chase and knowing that I had my quote unquote person even if it was kind of in a juvenile or a sixth grade kind of way. And I love talking about boys with my friends, and I loved helping them to ask out the boy they had a crush on too. And I think I probably asked out many boys on behalf of my friends. So what can I say? I've loved love from a very early age. And I will not bore you with all the details of my many, you know, two or three week uh, boyfriend escapades. But fast forward to high school, my older sister married her college sweetheart. And then I was totally hooked. I wanted the same thing to happen to me. I wanted that sweet romantic love story. So if I couldn't have my high school sweetheart love story, then I definitely wanted my college sweetheart love story. 
So fast forward to the beginning of college. That's exactly what I was set out to do. I was on a mission to find the person who would become my husband. And I also really wanted to marry someone Jewish. So my horse blinders were on. And in fact, I remember sitting, I was in a Jewish sorority, and I remember sitting in a Jewish fraternity's house at UNC one time thinking to myself, oh my gosh, one of these guys are what, are what my options are to, to marry. Like I have to marry one of these guys if I want to have my whole college sweetheart fantasy. And this is incredibly embarrassing to admit, because if you saw the room of these guys, well, I don't know, they're, they're great guys, but they're all college freshmen, so maybe not the prime pickings. Anyways, the funny thing is, is that I did almost marry one of those guys, but we'll get to that in a second. But the problem was, is that as much as I wanted a real meaningful relationship, I seemed so, so far from it. I kept attracting guys who were really only interested in hooking up. I remember going out with friends and looking around at at groups, especially as we went through college and I was a sophomore and junior, and I would mentally scan everyone in the room and say, okay, she's in a relationship, she's in a relationship, she's in a relationship. And it just seems like everyone was in a relationship except for me. Even my friends who didn't want to be in a relationship were getting into relationships. And I was like, WTF, what the fuck? For the life of me, I couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong. Now, obviously, I didn't know this then, but my confidence and then ensuing lack of self-respect was seriously lacking. I'd been pretty shy most of my life, and then now in the social scene of college, I covered that up by trying to attract the attention that I wanted. It helped me to feel like I had better control. So I was your classic woo girl. I would, you know, woo when you're going out or when you're at a bar or dancing or whatever. I I acted obnoxiously with with friends to get their attention from guys I thought were cute. And I let guys I liked call the shots in terms of when we were hanging out and what the relationship or really lack thereof would be. I thought if I could be likable and agreeable, then that would also make me desirable. Unfortunately, that was not true, but I did not understand that at that point in my life. But also during my first year of college, I befriended one of those Jewish guys from the fraternity, and he ended up being one of my dearest, dearest and best friends. We hung out probably almost every day starting, I don't know, halfway through first year of college, all the way through junior and senior year. He made me laugh like nobody else, and he listened to all my guy problems, and I had a lot of them. And we were really close for about three years. And then finally, at the end of junior year, he confessed his love for me. And of course, I loved him as a friend. I mean, we were really, really close, but I didn't really see him that way. And so I turned him down. And then summer came and went and we were back for our senior year. Now, I will say that that summer was a hard summer for me. I just went through a couple different things. And so it's possible that I was just feeling a little bit vulnerable and was happy to be back on campus with people that I knew. And maybe I just wanted him in my life to to feel that security because we hadn't really stayed friends after I turned him down. We had a little bit of space and that was probably the longest since we'd been friends that we hadn't talked So we got back to campus and I told him I changed my mind and that I wanted to give us a go. And if I'm being totally honest, I don't know if I really knew this at the time. Maybe a part of me did if I'm, you know, being honest with myself. Again, I'm not really sure. But, you know, looking back, I know for now, I know for sure that I said yes to him because I was so in love with that story. Remember, I wanted really to, you know, have that college sweetheart, sweet romantic story. 
And I thought he was going to be my college sweetheart, just like my sister. And I mean, really, our story was, I mean, it was pretty adorable, you have to admit, right? I mean, when we started telling people that we were together and that we were dating, everyone was like, oh my gosh, finally. Because again, we were inseparable for three years. So people just seemed to assume that we both were in love with each other. And then eventually we would obviously start dating because we were, you know, a male and a female hanging out almost every single day. And and so I, I believed that. I believed, well, yeah, I, I should love him. I, I do love him. And and, and, and which only fed, fed to my belief that I had been wrong and that maybe I just didn't know what love felt like or what it looked like. And, and I did convince myself that this was really the right move to be with him because, let's face it, our story was so rom-com worthy. And the truth is, is I really did adore being with him. I mean, he was my best friend, even though we were you know, even after dating, I mean, he was still can make me laugh like nobody else. And just, we had so much fun together and um, had plenty of things in common together, but plenty of things that kept we kept our own, our own lives for sure. But the problem was, we had very different life plans. I had studied international studies in an undergrad. And I really wanted to go abroad to do my to do my graduate degree. I had planned to study abroad in Israel in my junior year or sophomore year. I can't remember at this point. I think sophomore year of college. And it was right around the 2006 Lebanon War. And so UNC canceled all study abroad programs to Israel. So I didn't get to study abroad. I, I did do something else. I did an internship in New York, which was awesome. But I really wanted to have that experience of living abroad. I'd had the travel bug since I was 15 years old. And I was so bummed I didn't get to have that abroad experience. So I was applying to grad schools in Israel, and I ended up um, getting in and going to Hebrew University to pursue a graduate degree in Middle, Middle Eastern studies. I really wanted to do the whole Middle East politics things for many, many, many years. And he was going straight into a PhD program in the Northeast, not international or political related at all. So we were going down very, very different paths. And during the school year when we were dating, you know, we kind of ignored that problem. We would talk about grad school applications for me in Israel and all that kind of stuff. And we would talk about you know, grad school applications for him. But we never really talked about the fact that we would be potentially internationally long distance. We just assumed that we could get through it and we would. And then after all of that, we would eventually get married. And graduation came and went. And after graduation, I wanted to go back to to work at summer camp for one last year. And that was a little difficult because he had thought, well, you're about to go abroad. Why can't you, you know, move up to the Northeast with me for the summer and then go abroad from, from there? But I really wanted to go to camp. So you can see kind of where my mind's already going. I have different things going on in my life that I want to pursue. So I went to camp. And the second we became long distance, I don't even know if I was at camp at that point, to be honest, everything began to unravel. You know, if you're not sure about a relationship, my advice is try putting some distance in between you, you and him. Because if you don't miss him, if your eyes are wandering to other people, if you aren't thinking about him, you don't want to talk to him, he doesn't, he does, he's not the first person that you want to tell when something happens, then that's, that's a problem. That's definitely problematic. And the distance totally revealed what my real feelings were towards him. And I'm talking about my romantic feelings. Of course, I care deeply about him. I mean, he was my truly my one of my best friends for, for three years. But I realized I didn't love him 
in that kind of romantic way. The distance had definitely revealed that to me. And so I broke his heart. And he was so mad at me. He was mad at me that I I couldn't do it in person because I was already at camp at this point. I wouldn't let him come down to talk about it, um, talk about it in person, Um, which I'm not going to get into whether or not that was a good or bad decision. It's neither here nor there. But he hated me. I mean, he hated me. He was so mad at me. And he had every right to be mad at me and to hate me. And, And I was devastated because you know, I lost a best friend because we definitely didn't talk after after that. And of course, it brought up a lot of my own insecurities and doubts. Like, did I make the right decision? Did I do something wrong? Did I just break up my soulmate? But I went through with it and I finished the summer. And in the fall, I left on a plane to the Middle East. And it turns out the next two hearts that would be heartbroken would both be mine. And I'm going to tell you all about those in the next chapter of my Sega, of course, the How I Met Your Mother style Sega coming to you next week. So stay tuned and I will talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember, Remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.